time with this the is intro. Steve Downs, it just the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Are you recording? Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. I'm Skylar Sokol. And today we're talking about some contentious comments Ooh. made by X writer and uh, director, Mr. Uh, Josh, John Garvin. <laughs> God. Days Gone creative director and writer John Garvin said in an interview with Bloomberg, if you love a game and want a sequel... You should buy it at fucking full price. Okay, uh, the full the full that's context the, of the comments. Yeah, the full context of the comments was that he was they were he was being asked questions about. Uh, recently, it was Bloomberg reported that there was a Days Gone two pitch that wasn't approved, and he's sort of commenting on the uh, when asked about like how things like PS Plus, you know, Game Pass being another similar subscriber system. Did he say fucking in the quote? We're asked in chat. Yes, he did. It is actually bleeped out in all media. He said, don't, if you love it, buy it at fucking full price. So Skylar, this is an interesting topic. Um, yeah. What, what's your initial take on this? Uh, well, so I I mean I think that in spirit this is very great this is good like I think if you can afford it you should be buying games at full price if they're high quality games that you love but I think it's difficult to make a judgment on whether you love a game before you play it so it's kind of weird to like give pe- tell people to buy something at full price if they love a game like how are they supposed to figure out they love it if without playing it yeah you know I think I think this this comment has a note of bitterness to it right like it's it's not because it's it there's a certain personal bitterness towards the question because days two maybe days gone two didn't get approved like the pitch didn't get approved and all that kind of stuff and so sure. he's kind of like well, but i don't it, know if he's an ex-employee maybe he's not he has no stake in it now or maybe he's not an employee anymore because days gone two didn't happen right Who knows? so just to say i i feel like there's two things here the first thing is just the, the comment itself. Like, if you love a game, buy it at full price. That's, like, one thing to talk about. The second thing is uh, I, what chat right now is alluding to. Lots of games, especially lots of AAA games recently. I mean, right now we're, we are in a special time with COVID and everything, but they've released, too, with, like, lots of bugs, man. Lots of bugs and lots of issues. and um, I, But that's not a reason not to buy a game at full price, in my opinion. Like just because a game has bugs doesn't mean it's not worth buying at full price. Why? Why not? I think it is. <laughs> like I don't. I don't think that. I still got sixty hours or like sixty dollars worth of value out of Cyberpunk, for example, even with the bugs. Like the bugs didn't make the experience not worth sixty dollars. I think that's like, a pretty like subjective already, take, though. Like no, video games no, are already priced I disagree. very competitively. Disagree. disagree. Video games. Video games are already priced very competitively. The, the, and it's not the support. responsibility. Uh, if a person has $60 and mm-hmm. is advertised an experience, 
and does not get that experience, in their opinion, it's a subjective take, but if they're not receiving that experience, maybe due to bugs or maybe because the game sucks, it's they're absolutely right totally agree, being wrong but we're talking it. in the we're talking about the context of the quote which is if you love the game you should buy it at full price if you and love the you game. can love a game despite bugs yeah like okay okay fair saying, fair you yes. should buy any game at full price no matter what i but if the like bugs don't mean the game is suddenly not worth full price that's all i'm saying yeah okay no that's fair that's fair uh, in relation to the quote, he's saying, if you love a game, buy it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. If you he's love not it, saying like everyone should buy all games at full price always at all, right? I, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's, uh, that's a good point. Um, if uh, there's, a, it's just math, you know, for the people out there who are listening about it, when this, when a, st- a studio makes money nowadays in a, a couple of different ways, I mean, you can sell it through retail. We've done several podcasts around like what kind of money the studio gets from a retail down. sell. They get different amounts of money on a digital sale. Um, and now it's the, the, the landscape's even dip more different now with this, these subscription services from what we understand from the resources we've, um, that have published things along the matter, especially like people who are in Game Pass, developers are in Game Pass, they get some amount of money. I don't know if all the time, but um, in this this studio's experience, it was an indie studio, they got money from Microsoft as part of joining um, Game Pass. And then uh, I, I've seen somewhere else that other games got a chunk of money um, based off of like the amount of hours that it was played or something like that too. Sure. But it's hard. We don't know details on like, if yeah. that's available well, to I every developer. Game Pass, Game Pass makes this so much more complicated. Like we shouldn't, we should just consider this in the context where these subscription services don't exist. Cause I think these subscription services, like if these games aren't getting the revenue they need from the subscription service, then that's an issue with the subscription service model. Like that's Microsoft's fault, not the game development studios fault. Um, yeah. Like data the shows consumer, the consumer goes into these like purchases of these subscription services expecting that the developers of the games they're getting are getting what they need. Right. Like I wouldn't think if I buy the subscription service, I also need to buy the games that, uh, that I like the most for the developers to actually get money like that. That that would be a completely different structure. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you do see. This is a capitalization, I think, also of like the at least in the AAA space is not necessarily true at all in the indie space, but the move to, you know, free to play models, you know, live service kind of things. This the Game Pass kind of route works for those kinds of titles because the main monetization schemes are inside of the experience anyway. So this is really just you know bigger exposure whatever right. although uh, just to finish this passing thought on like game pass complicating things no more robots did publish and a couple of other studios we've talked about before did say their sales are three times higher on xbox and those platforms since joining game pass and they think it's obviously largely to do with like you're just all of a sudden a lot more people can play their games right, right. so anyway no but totally. i agree with you um maybe it oh. go ahead go ahead no, but, but regardless, right? Like, I just think the core issue here is how you determine you love a game. Like, of course, if a game is well-established, a developer is well-established, you've been following the development of the game or whatever, you could probably have a pretty good idea that you would love the game. And those are the games I generally buy at full price, are games that I'm confident that I will love going in. But I don't know that about, like, all games. And sometimes, like, you want to wait 
And granted, recently Steam has done a very good job of encouraging indie developers to release demos for their games. In these last few indie game festivals Steam does, they, they've released like mass demos for a ton of indie games that let people experience them in advance. And I think it's done amazing things for all these indie games selling more copies. Like, for example, Party Animals. That game is not even close to being out, and yet it has so much hype and so many people are absolutely going to buy that and watch, and it's all because of the indie festival encouraging it to release this demo. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah. The uh, Sean says in chat, honestly, the quote should probably say, I wish you all bought Daisy, Day, Days Gone at full price so we could have been approved for a second one. Right. It's kind of lamenting the fact that I, like that's what I was saying. I feel is. like we that's like this. That's how this guy feels or not, but that is. Yeah, it it's just. It like. seems like that's maybe where it's coming from, especially yeah. in light of the recent news that the pitch didn't get approved or whatever for taste two. It's just like, you know, he wishes he could have kept maybe working on that or something, and that's where it comes from. I do agree, though. I th I think in general the public is not very well informed on exactly how much they're supporting a studio in various ways, right? Um, I think a lot where of money's going. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't even like connect their purchase of the game to supporting developers, because especially because everyone's always buying things through these external markets, right? You're very rarely, unless you're like a PC indie game player, buying games directly from the developer. So yeah. I think that disconnect really doesn't make people even think very much about like, oh yeah, this money is actually going to support this studio. I'm not just giving it to Steam or whatever, right? Well, and related on that note, um, the recent up. You know, the recent uh, genesis, if you will, of the ep the Epic Store trying to rival Steam. One of the underlying perks for developers that the main, I don't think most people are aware of, is that if you, especially if you're making a game in Unreal Engine and you, the, if you, and you put it for sale on the Epic Store, you're, the percentage chunk you get from each sale is way better than if you sold the game on Steam. For like, If you sell the game on Steam, Steam gets 30%, you get 70%, simplifying things, right? No taxes or whatever. On, in, on the Epic Store, if you sold it, uh, if, if you sell it on the Epic Store and you made it in Unreal Engine, you give them 12%. Right. So 18% yeah, is aren't a big really deal. aware of that. Some developers, some indie developers will tell you like, you should buy my game here. That's where I get the best right. cut, but that's pretty rare. Right. right. Um, and that's, I, uh, and, and just to back this up, like yeah. for the indie developers that do that, do that. And you see that and you think maybe they're being greedy. God, they're not being greedy. They are just trying to survive. We put out, literally put out content earlier today about that of all the games released on steam, uh, of all the studios releasing games on Steam in 2008, only 7% of those studios survived their first game release, okay? And that was not including the big AAA studios. They, like, cut out right. the AAA cut studios from that. Yeah. So of the Crazy. indie studios publishing games on Steam, now there was a lot of shit on Steam, and, like, for sure, only 7%. And 82% of those that survived apparently did not make enough money to pay somebody minimum wage, if I remember that data point correctly. So... Yeah, I... It's crazy. You don't make a lot of money. Uh, it's so hard. It the main the the big and this is actually Master Chief says in chat. Game Pass is great for players, but not for developers because developers won't make enough money from the game. I bet you there is probably a certain amount of like saturation. There's a saturation point where that might become true. Yeah, for, we don't we don't actually have the data to know that Master Chief. Surprisingly, like 
Microsoft basically just expects everyone to trust that they're just like handling everyone well and that this isn't like fucking. Well, like I said, we have we have anecdotal data data from a few studios who have seen a significant uptick being on Game Pass, which makes sense. If you're a small indie studio and all of a sudden you're featured on a game on a subscription thing on a subscription service with 20 million subscribers. You just got I mean, in front of that, you know, assuming millions. Assuming you're being compensated for people playing your game on Game Pass, right? Because well, yeah. if, you have, if you have like a lump of deal, right, where they just paid, you paid and you're paid and now you're on Game Pass and then like suddenly your game blows up on Game Pass and 20 million people play it, that may not matter if you're... De- if well, that's huge. That would game be huge. A- I mean, think about it. it 20 million... 20, if you have a 1% conversion ratio on 20 million, because on things like Game Pass, I'm not sure if this is true on PS Plus, but you get a discount for buying the game when you when it's I on Game Pass. I understand why anyone would ever do that. Why would you ever Apparently buy a game Apparently a lot of people do it. To be fair, one reason I see some people have done it, some of the people I know do it, is because Game Pass at $10 or $15 a month is not... They'll buy it in like three-month chunks. Right. Uh-huh. So they'll do it for three months. And then after the three months, they will stop, you know, so they get it for three months. They found games they like. They buy it so that they can keep playing it after the three months because they don't want to keep paying for the subscription. And that makes sense, in my opinion. Right. So. Right. Well, aren't some aren't some games limited time? Yeah, Evan, games do rotate out. The Microsoft first parties don't. But there are a lot of stu- a lot of games that do well, I guess rotate if they out. create that model well and they can actually encourage people to buy the games, then that might work out. Yeah, so far it seems like um, that works. So 100%, I got the paid version of Stadia for just December to January and played a ton between semesters and now I'm not playing or paying while I'm in school. If Stadia still exists after I graduate, I'll pay for the sub again. But the yeah. question is, did you buy any of the games in addition to the subscription? Because that's what we're talking about here. Anyway, uh, ignoring chat. Let's let's talk. Skyler got Skyler got KO'd. Skyler's mic got KO'd. It's still he's still dead. He's dead. But anyway, he's coming back. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I I buy Everspace and Phoenix because of subscription. Yeah, like I said, I've I've seen oh, uh, a few friends okay. doing this, like rotating in and out of the sub, and while they're on there, I mean, you see it here, you know, like happening right now where. People are playing with us with Game Pass. They'll do like a one-month Game Pass. They're liking Sea of Thieves. They get Sea of Thieves, but then they'll drop out of Game Pass, you know? So right, I think that's what's happening now. Like I said, I do expect that there might be a saturation point at some sometime in the future where there's just like so many games on Game Pass and stuff that you might start seeing that return come down. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, very recently, there was um, another story that came out in the news relating to this, which is there's a new indie game on Steam called Before Your Eyes. Um, it seems pog as fuck. I'm going to play it. It use it. You turn on your webcam and it like uses your blinking as a major mechanic in the game. Hmm. Um, anyway, someone wrote a review about it, how it was amazing and they loved it. And it was this fantastic game and they recommend it to everyone. One of the best games they've played. And then they steam refunded it because they'd played less than two hours. And on steam, as long as you've played less than two hours of a game, you can refund it. And they, and the game was, is less than two hours long. So, and then the developer like somehow found out and said something. And then the person rebought the game, but like, yeah, like that, that's like even worse than this, right? That's like this person actually loved the game and chose to pay zero dollars for it because of an exploit in Steam's 
refund system. Yeah, I mean, we are very, us ourselves are extremely aware of this limitation, right? Like, I don't think, you. I guarantee you, the average person does not understand how how much work goes into making um, more a, a compelling two plus hour experience for people <laughs> like uh you can maybe put out shit for over two hours or you can find maybe some like i'm sure there are games that do that like time wasters if you will and there's mechanics you can introduce in games uh, actually this is a conversation we had on the discord discord recently that even triple a studios do you can add systems and uh, mechanics into the game that um, what's the, pad out really the play time. We were talking about right. like traversal systems in open world games, you know, especially at the beginning. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, uh, before you get that, what's it called? Instant mount, you know, no, like instantly teleport around or whatever. You know, what I'm talking fast about travel, fast travel. That's right. Um, damn, you're on your horse for a while in Red Dead, and it, it makes you feel maybe like you're getting more out. So, anyway, there's a whole thing there but yeah. um yeah i thought that was really interesting that this dude who like loved the game still decided to refund it it's, talk about feeling entitled to an experience or something yeah i mean like on one hand i think there was an element i guarantee you that dude likes cryptocurrency that's all i have to say <laughs> yeah mate, he was probably like well i could use these 10 bucks for some more doge you know? yeah that yeah. <laughs> So there's an element to this where, um, for what it's worth, a lot of people actually got upset about this on Twitter. It was the people I saw talking about, about, about this. The, the Days Gone quote. Yes. You mean. Yeah. What, were the, what was the what was the consensus? What were people saying? I'm very curious. The the consensus I saw from some of the content creators and um, industry people that I follow on Twitter was just that it's the responsibility of the game and the studio to market and market the game and make a compelling enough product to warrant a full price purchase. Right. So this is like what I was saying. Like if you can feel like you would love the game going in, then that's when I would pay full price. But that's totally true. It's up to the studio to create that sense. I think a lot of people did not focus on the thing that you did, which was that if you love it, yeah, you should buy it. It was yeah, they, they they kind of looked at it like what he said was you should love the game. You know what I mean? Like what no matter what you should love it and you should pay full price. You know, that's right. like a kind of the way it seemed like they were replying to that, which is not what he said. So, um anyway. Yeah, I uh it's just such a strange a strange thing because I know people who literally never buy games at full price. They always wait for games to be on sale when they buy them. Yeah. Um, and granted, like there is an argument to say that if like a game's been out two years, maybe it's not worth full price anymore because of like where games have gone. Right. Right. Like maybe even though it was a $30 experience two years ago, now a $30 experience looks different. So no, that should be like a $20 experience. So maybe in that scenario, it does make sense. Even if you love it, that it, you could buy it on sale and, and it would be okay. So I just want to call out, I'm moving away from John Car- Garvin's comment. As I say uh-huh. these things, I think we've like, what he said was in relation to like, if you love it, blah, blah, blah. So now just more generally speaking, um, if, if you're in a situation where you do love the game 
It's actually what it's the it's the thing you just said that guy did about returning that less than two hour game. That's really who I think John Garvin's calling out. You know, it's like you loved it. Support the dev and buy it. You know, right? Why would you not want that dev to be able to make more games? Exactly. Um, now, at the same time, yeah, no, for sure. At the at the same time, there's and I don't. This is not who John's talking about, in my opinion. There's people who maybe just like they're. They can only budget so much towards games, and that's why totally. they that's why they buy stuff on sale. You know, they 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 make a conscious decision to be like, hey, I can only spend this much or whatever on games, and so they wait for it. And I don't like I said, I don't think John's talking to those people in in that situation. That's it's up to a person. That's uh that's up to them what they want to budget towards yeah. entertainment experience. It's interesting. That's maybe another conversation we can have sometime on like what really constitutes a worthwhile investment in a game for people i I know for me it's generally like i feel like i need to get like ten dollars an hour of experience yeah and i don't give a fuck about money to experience like i would pay sixty dollars for what remains of edith finch every time and that game takes like two hours me too i I I, that's i think a general notion for me it's like for example when i bought destiny i was like i hope i play this thing for 10 hours Mm -hmm. or i'm sorry six hours at least yeah (laughs) uh and I did, but like th- that's maybe it's, I use that more for, um, I think triple a games, you know, sure. Um, Which is interesting too, that triple a games have this pressure to like meet length requirements that thankfully indie games don't feel as bad. You know what I think would be interesting is to talk to some triple a devs about, about, about this, because from my perspective in my head, I feel like more. Okay buying a triple a game on sale than an indie game. You know what I mean? Me too. hundred percent. So, but honestly, triple a games go on sale way less than indie games too. Ironically. Enough. Well, some, right. I mean, fucking call of duty goes on sale fucking a month after okay. it comes, it came out. All right. Good triple a games. Don't <laughs> go on sale very often. I should have been more specific. So like, you know, there's it, it, it but but at the same time, you can say, well, that's true. Um, it's still the AAA studios need to make money. But at the same time, AAA studios have millions of dollars towards marketing. Right. And how much money do they really need to make? Who knows? Right. It's hard to know. Right. There's. Yeah. Especially for the publicly traded. You get into those kinds of things um, where the money really goes, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know if you saw recently in the news. We're just bringing up all the news. This is the current events podcast <laughs> um, that Epic announced that they were going to lose like. Three hundred million dollars or something was it? Three million dollars? No, it, no, it was three hundred. Three hundred million dollars this year on like all the free game stuff they've done and on the the Epic Store exclusives, and they're very happy about it because they know they have the Fortnite revenue stream, right? They don't have to worry about it. Right, and right. The losses were I, offset. I mean, I don't you, think we hear about that from other studios very often. We don't hear like Blizzard being like, hey, I can sell that. I could make Diablo three way cheaper because we have enough money. No one, none of the other studios are really doing. Yeah, that. I mean, I, I've said it. We've said it before. We've alluded to it, but I, I don't care what you think about Fortnite. Um, Epic, in my opinion, really has done well in Lever- using the financial success from Fortnite in a, uh, and and putting it towards uh, improving the ecosystem for developers around Unreal Engine. You see all the free stuff on the Epic Store. I think there's a lot of ways you could use that yeah. money poorer. Uh, poor ways to, to use that money. totally yeah. totally yeah epic is killing it right now i think but maybe the big the biggest studio that is killing it the most right now in the game industry I yeah they're they're really doing a lot of good stuff with the extra Fortnite money 
Um, and I, yeah, from a financial play, that the, uh, Tim Sweeney actually said as much on Twitter. He replied to, he said, yeah, it's true. He's like, from our point, we see it as like an investment into this space. There's no way anybody anybody right microsoft knows this too with microsoft store and that one push they did of like some five or six years ago that went nowhere kind of a thing but you don't take steam on and expect like you're going to be winning anytime right. soon like right you know that that's a long-term play and i think in uh, epic is being if if they, it looks like they want to make that play uh this seems like the right time to do it when you have a fuck ton of Fortnite cash to burn and can make the investment there you know so totally um, it's interesting. The money around the games, so you find, follow the money and you'll, you'll figure out where things are happening. Indie games, it's still, like, uh, it, I don't know. I, I think of the future and I always think, you know, today that Microsoft is rolling out xCloud for iOS and PC, so something that's moving towards more like what Stadia was offering, you know, on all the, all the fronts, and we've talked about that before. One cool feature, being able to try a game. Tr to be able to try a game through xCloud before downloading it or playing it on Game Pass. I mean, you're putting even more pressure, you know, on that demo. Games have to be good. Games have to be good. We've, we've talked about technology for games kind of becoming commoditized in a lot of ways, right? Like Unreal Engine is amazing and accessible. Unity is really good and accessible. Mm -hmm. Developers are getting more stuff. There's actually core... You know, core dreams like people even make like these. Make, it, there's maybe these little meta metaverses that people can start spinning into and monetizing. I know core has monetization schemes. I'm not sure what Dreams has, but I think um, it's really interesting that that these yeah that demos are coming back because of this. May like maybe because we went through a phase where there were basically no demos for any games, um, but then we just got to this point where like developers are like oh wait demos actually. Because de a demo is a way to make your game actually stand out from the saturated crowd because people can try it and actually experience it and want to buy it from more than just like the Steam description or a review they read. So maybe we're coming back to the realm of demos. Like imagine fucking Cyberpunk released a demo. You want to you wanna know how many less copies they right. guaranteed would have sold? This is fantastic. I think a fantastic consumer option for AAA studio games. It just puts way more pressure on the indie studios to 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 be compelling enough in that demo. But to, I think that's good. I am fine with like a demo needing to be needing to convince people they want to play the game because if someone can't be convinced to play your game in like an hour of playing your game, then should they really play your game? I don't think so. No, I think I I think that's fair. I wonder if there's maybe some amount if you're a platform platform owner like Microsoft or something, if there's something you bake into that contract that's like if a fuck ton of people are playing your demo, like that's worth something, I guess, or you know, and like tied to reviews. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know because the the translation of people playing your like what matters is the conversion rate of people who buy the game as a result yep. of playing the demo. Just because a bunch of people are hype about the demo doesn't mean that a developer should be rewarded for that. You know what I mean? Right. In my opinion, right? Because I guarantee you, fucking eight billion people would have played the Cyberpunk demo, but like none of them on PS4 or Xbox 360 would have bought it, or Xbox One would have bought it. No, I, yeah, Evan's making the point here in the con in the in the chat. Like, what's the point of a single for music, a trailer for a movie, etc.? It's true. It's true. I feel this is a little different. Yeah. This is almost like watching the opening act of a movie. You know, 
Or and, well, and some demos are like in the middle of the game or like an own yeah, their own true. unique the demo doesn't necessarily have to be but, at the beginning. Yeah. But totally, totally true. It is similar to movie trailers, but also video games have trailers, right? And video games release their music in advance. So this is like one meta layer above that, right? Yeah. That it, it's just another for video I mean it, it makes sense for video games why it why it would exist that way, right? Because yeah. that's the thing you need to be able to try the thing that you're paying for, which is playing the game. I do think generally this means that like games are going to have to get better and continue to get better. And that's a good thing. I, it's yeah. more of just, especially if triple A studios feel the pressure to do demos. I'm not convinced that's going to happen yet. Mostly it's just been indie studios doing demos lately, but yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and I'm sure some, some franchises are going to get away with not doing a demo, you know, and still having enough leverage there that a lot of people buy it. Um, right. I'm not sure. Damn, I, I was I was making a passing for indie for indie studios. Um, damn, I had a, something in my head and I lost that train of thought. Evan says, I feel like video game trailers are so different because some are like gameplay esque and some are just cinematics. I agree. Um, you know what? You know what? I will say one thing that I'm in favor for, especially for demos, is especially for indies, <laughs> maybe even like us. I'm like. So you have different kinds of skill sets in an indie studio and your resources are limited. Maybe you're a studio that's got awesome gameplay and maybe doesn't have the blow your mind out artistic talent like Grease, you know, or something like Ori, so unique, Cuphead, whatever, like such a unique art style, but your gameplay is phenomenal. You have a better chance of showing that off in a demo than a trailer. 100%. So, and the music. Yeah. Right. And I, th- I, yeah. And I think a lot of gamers are just becoming jaded by trailers at this point where like even a trailer doesn't necessarily get people hyped to buy the game anymore. And for a lot of indie games, just because people watch so many trailers nowadays. No, it's true. I, I, I so I think f- from that perspective, a demo can be really compelling. I mean, if your game is strong, I don't, I don't, I don't know if anybody, any indie game dev who didn't feel strongly about their, their, de- their, I- I'm thinking of like party animals. That demo uh-huh. fucking sold me, dude. Like, uh-huh. I I bought it off that demo, and it was a phenomenal demo. So if you're like, if you know, if you're party animals and you know, you know, you you know, you know, like you you got great game right there, then you know you're not scared of putting out that demo. But anyway, right. yeah. But if you're cyberpunk and you know that the demo will crash on like eighty percent of the people who open it, then you're fucked. But that's yet another sign for. There's cyberpunk sent signs, in my opinion. They didn't send out review the review process before the game release was really shoddy and weird, yeah, yeah. like what they allowed, what they didn't. I mean, if you just add like, did they let people play demos? No to the list. That's a sign of like, okay, I'm gonna yeah. wait. Grand, most AAA studios don't, but yeah. Anyway, do we have a patron question this week? Patreon question. I'm a, can you actually check? Because I'm afraid no, I'm gonna crash I, Discord. I, <laughs> don't think we do for those I, I, who are listening our patrons get a fuck ton of benefits one of them oh, is one. being able to ask Wait, us questions i think we did this one already drums or guitar i think we did we that did one. drums or guitar we did drums. No, we don't have any uh evco music in the chat got a patron question for us yes for uh, for those who are, are listening our patrons get a bunch of stuff they get free stickers every three months they get free merch every six months in fact in fact we just recently hit the first six month uh, what's it called? Cycle for some patrons. Not only yep. did they get their free merch, but they are now officially in the credits of our game. The Ooh. credits of our upcoming game. One of the perks of Patreon. 
Um, God, you get so much stuff, including Priority Play. If you're listening to us, you might already have seen we've been playing a fuck ton of Sea of Thieves and all kinds of games. People are always trying to play with us, but there's only limited room. If you're a patron, you get to shove people aside and play with us. All right. Evan wants to know, what's your favorite streaming service? I'm assuming we're talking Music. about TV. Wait, yeah. What, what are you talking Generally about? speaking, like uh, of all, what I mean, streaming service is, in your life brings I you most value? Let's do that one. Really? Yeah. What streaming service Twitch, in your life? 100% for me. Okay. He said Twitch TV slash movies. Okay. That makes more sense. All right. TV slash movies. So I we're know. talking, we're talking Netflix. We're talking Disney plus prime we're video, talking HBO max. We're talking prime video, we're talking Hulu. That's like, and we're talking crunchy roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. You know, what's yours? Prime video. hundred percent. You know why? Video. Because I am a huge history channel fan. Me and Brittany have been watching a fuck ton of history channel all the time. Not only are all the shows available there, but you get, um, access to History Vault easily through Prime Video too. It's like an additional five percent, five dollar a month subscription with even more History Channel goodness. Anyway, that it's great background show material. Like interesting. So I work. Now let me posit you a Prime Video question. Okay. Do you agree that Prime Video has possibly the worst UI of any of the streaming services, as well as some of the worst audio mixing of any of the streaming services? I'll be honest. I haven't paid attention to the audio mixing between it and like Hulu when I'm watching like their it. volumes on a lot of things are really quiet and stuff is what I've what I've interesting. At least on my TV, I haven't noticed a different, a meaningful difference. Interesting. I will, say, UI? I will <laughs> say that I'll take I'll take Prime Video's UI over Netflix. Really? I'm not a fan of Netflix. I never have. It's a fucking waste of my time. I do like Hulu. So Mm -hmm. I'll put Hulu up at the top. Prime Video right now in the middle. And this is all being based off of my Samsung 65-inch smart TV UI. Right. What's there. So for what it's worth. I hate Netflix's fucking thing, dude. On the smart me, TV, Hulu. Hulu is probably the one I use the most, only because I watch Hulu's Bob's good. Burgers Hulu's more good. than any other show. So Hulu for sure, because it's got that Bob's Burgers shit. It's also like Hulu. I feel like has the best combination of good TV shows and good anime and good movies. They like have a good, a yeah, good combo. Hulu's good. Hulu's good. Yeah, I, think Hulu's nice. I can't I mean, I buy like my history Hulu channel stuff there. If I could, I probably would have said Hulu. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, Netflix is a bit Netflix busy. That's right, Ben. Preview. The auto preview. Oh yeah! What the fuck? I like the the worst part. Just wait until you have kids and you accidentally left it like on your account for a Uh, second, and your kid is like touching the control and he like scrolls through the preview of the sex one, and you're like, "God fucking shit!" (laughs) Like every two seconds, preview, preview, preview. It's so annoying. I hate it. I'm an HBO Max boy. For what it's worth, I have never tried HBO Max. Never tried HBO Max to watch. One Studio Ghibli movie and the Adventure Time new stuff. And they were good. HBO Max's UI isn't bad. It's very similar to Netflix. I was going to buy HBO Max to watch Godzilla versus King Kong. Interesting. Anyway, uh, where can people find us? You can find us at KOKowalaEntertainment.com. There you got links to all our social media, including Patreon. I guess that's social media. But yes, most of all, most importantly, Discord, where I am actively working on stuff that's coming to you. Woo! Yes. And actually we took some some uh, some 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 big steps. Which you and I are both actively work. Josh is the only person currently working on our game basically. <laughs> hey, 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 not true. I pushed some very cool stuff 
this only last for controller week. Play, only for console plus. I, I, and some other things that I can't say. There's, and I did other things too. Good stuff for the game. But yes, it's true. Lots of stuff coming for the Discord. That's also where you can interact with us. If you're listening to us right now and you like us streaming and stuff, we coordinate all of our sessions in the Twitch. I'm sorry, in the Discord for Twitch. So if you're Rocket League, Halo, Minecraft, Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. All, Oh, you know, we've been playing a shit ton of Sea of Thieves. Come join us in the Discord. Find links, kocoalentertainment.com. Join us on Instagram. We do giveaways all the time on everything. And, yeah, that's where that's where you can find us. Uh, what streaming service are you guys on? We are currently on Twitch. <laughs> hey, yeah. Thanks, you all, for listening. Come watch us on Twitch Live next time. Uh, we'll have a guest coming up couple on weeks. May 10th, right? Yeah, I don't think next week, but the week after. No, two, three weeks, three Not weeks next week or the week after the week after that. Boom, boom. No, you know what that an means? Animator, professional animator working at a video game studio. Can I say the name of the studio or no? I don't I don't. I was trying to be like mysterious, but if you want to, you can. A professional animator working at the studio that makes Outriders. People can fly, but not working on Outriders. People can fly. Working He's not new, working on it right IP. now. He's working on secrets. Yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't work on Outriders at all. He's working on secrets. Yes. Oh my gosh, game studios make more than one game at a time. Yeah, they fucking do. Yeah, they fucking do. Um, also, uh, even we do. We're technically making two games right now. Technically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, 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 also. You know what that means if you're listening to this? Going to be some big giveaways that day. So make sure you stop in on Mondays, 8:30 p.m. Eastern, quality time every week, and. Guest, big giveaways. Best chance at winning some gift cards. Watch Coffee with Bramawala at random times each day when Anthony feels like streaming. Yes. Oh, you know how you can find out what those random times are? Join the Discord. I post it all the time in the Discord. I tell you what those random times are. Right now, this yep. week, I'm trying, you know, the, the afternoon for the United States folks. It's too hard. There you go. It's too hard for them to get the early morning one. Too hard. I agree. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Bye.